This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hello everyone, it's your favourite podcast host here, Joe Redman, just letting you know that the TalkSport Fan Network is now proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Football on the Sports Social Podcast Network is brought to you by BetVictor, where new signings are guaranteed a great debut. Join and choose your welcome offer at betvictor.com. 18 plus, begambleaware.org. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that you can stay close to your team even if you don't live in their town. Like, maybe you're a Raven who married a Seahawk who got a job in the land of the Falcons. With NFL Sunday Ticket, you can watch your team's out-of-market Sunday afternoon games no matter where you live because you shouldn't have to change teams even if you change towns. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. This episode is brought to you by FX's Welcome to Wrexham. Celebrity owners Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds, small-town Welsh football club, is fighting for a chance at promotion. These two Hollywood stars lead a team in the midst of history in the making, while dedicated staff and supporters hold on to a dream of returning the team and this working-class town in Wales to glory. FX's Welcome to Wrexham premieres September 12th on FX. Stream on Hulu. What a volley! Scott Arfield! He's been threatening that recently! And all the Burnley players run to the Darwin end! Oh, what a goal! What a goal from Robbie Blake! Burnley's first goal in the Premier League is something very, very special! Wade Elliott has that change of pace and he's got away from Montgomery. It's the path of McCann and the follow-up finds the net. What a strike from Wade Elliott. A bolt from the Claret and Blue. Oh, goodness me! What a goal from Patterson! If that is to be the one that takes them to Wembley, you cannot argue with that. Pure quality. 
Here goes Mike Conroy. Still time for a winner, baby. John Francis! They came to York in their thousands. They're going home as champions. I mean, if there's any justice in the world, Burnley would surely score from this corner. Swung right in there. Ball in there. Yeah! Michael Kennan! Oh, that's justice! That is justice at the Amex Stadium! Burnley are level and deserve to be! Hello everyone and welcome back to the latest episode of the Turfcast podcast, full-time show with me, Joe Redmond, after another win for the Clarets. What is it now? Nine league wins in a row or something? If I'm wrong, it's just because I can't, I just can't keep up with how many times we win. Even when it's something, well, I've got three guests waiting, so we're pretty, we're pretty well on guests today. Um, but even when this team look like they're going to get beat, they, they turn it round and they win. And as one of the guests on Twitter always says, Neil, he says, this team just do not know when they are beaten. And that is spot on. They just do not know when they were beaten. Coventry, first half, were playing so badly. It looked like they, or they created a couple of chances. Big victory scored at the end of the second, uh, end of the, sorry, the beginning of the second half. Um, but we just, we just pulled through. We just pulled through. Yesterday, 1-0 down quite early after a poor, bit of poor defending, potentially a push on Charlie Taylor, um, but some poor defending uh, for the corner. Uh, didn't learn the lesson from the one just beforehand because obviously Cullen cleared it off the line. Still bounced back. Okay, it was late, um, but we still managed to bounce back. And what a free kick it was. What a free kick it was. I mean, normally at this point, <clears throat> excuse me, I, I just say the free kick's already on the already on the channel, go and watch it, because I've I filmed one myself that I put up as a YouTube short pretty much straight, as soon as full-time hit, stuck it up straight away, had to. Um, and I did one where I took people's videos from social media. Um, thank you for everybody who contributed. A few people sent it, man. A couple of people, I was a little bit cheeky with them, just stuck it. Um, but uh, I'm sure you can understand. Um, it's It were a fantastic free kick, and I just had to get a video. So there are plenty of angles out there on the Turfcast YouTube channel. So if you do go and want to watch the angles one, wait till after this video, and go and watch the angles one. But I've got one that I'm going to show now, and it's from the West Brom fans' perspective. And it's always better because the turf, for me, it looks brilliant from the away end because you're looking at the two new stands and all the screens and stuff, and, and the free kick is just sublime. So so let's watch it. Here we go. Oh, Yeah, so there it is, and I've brought the lads in as well. How are we doing? Um, we'll go in screen order. Sean, how are you doing, mate? Are you all right? Yeah, not too bad, thank you. Yeah, good, mate, good, mate. Sam, good to see you. I didn't think you were coming. I'm here, as always. <laughs> <laughs> how are you? You all right? Yeah, I'm not bad, mate. Are you? Yeah, good, thanks, mate. And Neil, how are you, mate? You all right? Yeah, good, mate. How are you? Yeah, yeah, good, good. Uh, comments, get your comments coming in. Uh, Mark Howarth says, so many options now on free kicks. JBG, Markson and Twine. Uh, notice how we don't mention Brownhill. Um, yeah, of course, Brown, Brownhill's been sacked. Like, we've had, we've scored. I said to the guy next to me um, on the turf uh, yesterday, like, Brownhill's not going to get a look in again. And obviously, that's a good thing because Brownhill has been so poor with his free kicks recently. But that was, let's talk about that free kick first. I know normally we start off at the, you know, let's talk about the game, but let's talk about that free kick. I'm sure you've all seen the clips. I'm sure you've all just seen that one as well. Uh, Neil, that free kick were beautiful, weren't it? It's perfect, mate. It's just. Hit it perfectly, position. There's no keeper in the world going to save that. It was just, I think, like, I think when it went in, I tweeted it was just a gif of like just a chef kiss because that's all you could do. Yeah. Just, that's it. Sam, I looked at the free kick when it was given and I said to my dad, and every buzzing I mentioned him, he keeps te- texting me, he said, Oh, dad's made the podcast again. Um, but I said to my dad, uh, it's, it's too close. Surely it's too close. He's going to have to do so well to get it up and down. So maybe he'll smash it. Maybe he'll try and go around the wall, you know, go in the far corner. But he did exactly that, didn't he? He went up and down and it were perfect. And like Neil says, no keeper saved in that. It were pretty much on a postage stamp. I, I told you, didn't I, when we signed him? I've said it for we Go back and watch it. I told you. It's moments like this that he, he's the player for. You know, it looks like it's going for 1-1. You think it's game over. And then you have a player of his quality comes onto pitch and the second we got it, I said, do you know what? We ain't got a penalty, but we've got Scott Twine. It's basically a penalty anyway. And it just proved it. Like 
all the hard work coming back from his injury and and the tough time he's had and he's absolutely I was buzzing for him absolutely buzzing for him yeah apparently Vincent Company did say to somebody because somebody said oh should that not be a penalty that were in the area I think apparently Sean Vincent Company did say to somebody well you know it's it's Twine so it is pretty much a penalty and I saw a stat yesterday that Scott Twine since the start of last season has scored the most direct free kick goals in the English league that's more than James Ward Prowse as well so more to come I would imagine Absolutely. Uh, when we signed him, one of the things everyone was talking about was his free kicks. And uh, I wasn't on the game, but I was watching it from home. And the commentators on Sky were saying, well, it might be too close to this. It's right on the line. It's going to be hard to get it over and back in. And I've never, obviously, it's the first time we've really seen him as a Burnley fan, apart from the odd minutes here or there, that free kick yeah. at Huddersfield on the opening day. But from everything I've heard, I was thinking, well, you know, let's see what the boy's about. But, yeah, chef's kiss. You just yeah. can't. It's an unbelievable. It, it was that, such a good it? goal. I, I probably will show it again at the end. But um, like I said, there's plenty of videos on social media, not just mine. Other channels have it up. Loads of them. Just search Twitter Claret, says everybody knows what to do. Um, but let's start and talk about the game. Sean, I'll come to you first. Um First five minutes, I thought we started quite well, actually, up until they got them two corners. Then, of course, you know, one of them corners went in. It's it's a mixture of poor defending and probably a foul on Charlie Taylor for me. I think he has got to be stronger, but mm. I think in the Premier League, that probably gets given as a free kick um, to Burnley. Um, but then 20 minutes after that, pretty much all West Brom, without them really troubling us again, but they were the better side. Then 20 minutes after that, I felt like we just went off on one. Obviously, we hit the bar. We should have had... A definite penalty on Brownhill, I think, for me. Um, we'll discuss all of them individually in a bit. But then, obviously, the teller one, I think, I, I was shout. I'm not going to lie. I was like, what are you doing, ref? I said, play a pen. It, it, it's not a pen. Um, but then the Brownhill one should have been given. Then second half, we just came out and murdered them, didn't we, Sean? So uh, what are your thoughts on the game? Yeah, similar. Uh thought we started quite well. The, the corner is a, it's a frustrating goal to concede, but it's something my teams are looking at us now and thinking, yeah. Oh, we'll do them on set pieces, and that's what they're trying for. So, I think we do concede relatively few from corners, considering how much emphasis other teams put on it. Yeah, um, yeah. It, I guess it could be argued it was poor defending, but equally, I, I don't know what else we could have done really. That that guy just he wanted it, and no one was stopping him. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Um, but obviously, we bounced back, didn't we? Um, Sam's second half, well, second half of the first half with a better side, hit the bar, should have had a pen, and then second half absolutely battered them. As Andrew Blythe says there in the comments, absolutely battered them second half, well-deserved win. I, th- I thought, you know, other, other than the two obvious chances that they had from set pieces, I thought, I thought we absolutely dominated the game. I thought we had a bit of a spell kind of after the goal where we were a bit shell-shocked with what happened and... And couldn't really uh, couldn't really get his footing in the game. Um, it, it it felt a little bit passive towards like it, I think it was probably more the last five minutes of the first half that we really started to kind of get at them. We were kind of thinking, great. Like I, I said it, I've said it before. I, I think we are the best second half team in the entire championship. Like literally, company will get him in there and he'll say, listen, this is what you're doing, shit. This is what you need to sort out. Crack on in second half. And and second half were brilliant every time. Substitutes were brilliant. You've got to give props to company for the subs. I thought they were class. Like shame about Benson going off, but yeah, second half we were, we were unbelievable. Like it just went back to what we're known for, which is keeping the ball, breaking the lines, getting them passes in from fullback to striker, and opening the opening play up. And then just I mean, I have to give a shout out to Zeruri as well. Like every single time I watch that kid play. He honestly gives me heart jitters. He's absolutely fantastic to watch. He's brilliant. And yeah, yeah. I, I just thought we were really good and we deserved the win. Yeah, definitely. Neil, um, obviously there were the Barnes incident as well, which I've missed. So thank you for Chris to point that out. That's one of them, like we, we've seen it and he looks in line, doesn't he? So it, it's one of them could have it that could have easily gone either way. But we obviously in the championship, you don't have the benefit of the lines and all that sort of stuff because there's no VAR. I looked at that and thought five years ago, that's probably given as a goal. Um, but I think now, if the lines are drawn, that may just be offside as well. But it, obviously, we don't have the benefit of the line, so it could have easily been onside. But of course, Neil, uh, your thoughts on the game? Uh, anything different to add that the boys have already added? 
No, he said exactly just then. I was going to say that our second halves, we seem to be second halves, and company's in-game management is absolutely superb. We've, I think we first saw it at Sunderland when he changed things really early because it wasn't working, yeah. and he, he does that now. Um, he, he He's very quick at adapting and realising something's not working and tweaking and changing it, so his in-game management is superb, and that's why I think we are strong so finishers in the second half. Um, yeah, yeah. I, 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 Sam, you said the other week, didn't you? Like, um, if we're playing poorly in the first half, you are quite calm about it. You don't get carried away. Uh, I wish I had that sort of like, what, calmness about me because I still get, for God's sake, another bad performance here for the first 20 minutes anyway. Uh, but you seem to be like, well, I'm just confident that we'll come back back out in the second half and batter, batter him. And that's exactly what we did again. It's It's just, it's watching Burnley for so many years like and then watching them in the Premier League and then nothing changing and all that type of stuff and then this season I was exactly the same right at the start you know like when it wasn't totally clicking and I remember being in games thinking change something do something and yeah we still had to realize company's still a young manager like he's still learning the trade as he's going he's never been in the championship and now I think he's got to a point where you know I, I, and I, I hate to say it because I, I don't like to I don't like to jump the gun but we are the best team in the championship. We've got the best manager and we've got some of the best players. Like, And we are playing like that. We're playing like yeah. that team. We, we are That narrative, we're backing it up week in, week out. So us as fans, I've got to a point where I'm just trying to enjoy it now. Like, you know, who knows, if we do get promoted, who knows what it'll be like. We could be going and getting stuffed every week. But I, I, I have enjoyed this championship season so much and I'm just going to keep enjoying it because it's brilliant. Yeah, I I remember people saying like, oh, it's such a tough league. I think I said this last week, but I'll say it again. Oh, it's such a tough league to get out of. You won't go down there and enjoy it. I, we're just winning every week, and it's class. I I messaged an Everton fan yesterday saying, "Don't worry, if you go down, mate, it's so easy. You'll have such a good laugh next year. You just bounce straight back up." But obviously, Everton's a different club, so they might end up um, doing things a little differently. But um, Sean, yeah, obviously uh, Vincent Company there. We've talked about how how um, how he's made some decent subs, and Chris says here. A company gives the team that winning mentality. Um, do you think that's a fair point? Because I think I think looking at it, sometimes we're a little bit crap in the first half and better in the second half. That's obviously a probably his tactics, b his subs, and the fact that he's got the winning mentality as well. Yeah, I totally agree. And also, I think you know sometimes when we say we're we're crap in the first half, that's being judged against a really high bar that we've set for ourselves. Yeah, true. Um, and if you compare it to I'm not someone to crap on what's come before because what Dyke did was brilliant. But if you compare a crap company first half to a crap Dyke first half, the difference is we're not 3 0 down. Yeah. That we might be crap, but we're still in the game. Yeah. I mean, we'll see where we are next season, but I don't want to worry too much about that yet. I just, I just like, like we said, I just, I just yeah. want to enjoy the season. It's yeah, nice to enjoy the season. And, and again, win. again, my dad, he'll send me two texts now. Uh, my dad, um, he's he's like, honestly, I don't think we'll win the Prem next season. <laughs> All right, calm down. <laughs> <laughs> I think we'll do really well. <laughs> you know, might get Europe again. I'm like, oh, well, I, I hope so. I don't think we'll struggle, you know. No, I, honestly, I, I don't. There's a, lot of, I, there's a lot of shit in that Premier League. That I think, I mean, we beat Bournemouth. I know it wasn't yeah. their full stream, but we beat Bournemouth. We gave Man United a decent game at Old Trafford. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of shit in that team. I mean, Liverpool, Chelsea were poor. I, fanci- I would have fancied us yeah. yesterday against one of them. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, Research I- keeps asking me about uh, Foster. We'll talk about that later uh, once we're talking about the game. We've seen a couple of questions uh, about strikers and stuff. So we will talk about Foster later in the show. We'll probably aim for around 45 minutes um, this week. Uh, who knows if we get chatting well. Um, might end up going a little bit over. But I want to talk about the penalty incidents. Um, and I'll go through each and every single one of you. Ask about your penalties and what you thought. Personally, I thought the Barnes one. It's weird, the Barnes one. I've not seen it again. Because I've not seen the replay of it, they've not shown it on any of the on any of the replays that I've watched anyway. But at the time, I didn't think it were a penalty. The first Barnes one, thought it was a little bit innocuous. Kind of look, you know, like how Barnes does the thing where he looks for it. I, th- I think he's doing that. Um, so Do you I not think like, that's mm. why we didn't get it? Do you not think he's probably a yeah. little bit why he cries wolf now? Yeah, probably got his probably. reputation now. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, uh, but I don't mm. think that one was, so I'm going for no on that one. Uh, second one, I don't when Furlong goes through Brownhill, I don't understand. Like it's, 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 it's his name's Furlong and he's acting like a horse, just going through the back of somebody. It's just ridiculous. <laughs> I don't, I don't understand how that isn't a penalty. That ref was so bad, in my opinion. He was terrible, shocking. and I don't understand how that isn't a penalty. But that one for me was a penalty. Uh, and then the yeah, Teller one, 
I got some stick yesterday of saying it's a dive. We all know it's. I stand by the fact that I think he's dive. I, I think the reason why he doesn't appeal is because he realised how stupid he looks after he's dived, in my opinion. I, I think I think he's thought, as soon as he's gone down, he's thought, that was stupid. Why have I done that, you dickhead? Why don't you just shoot? Um, that's why I don't think he appeals. So I'm going for first one, no penalty. Second one, penalty. Third one, no penalty. I'll start with you, Sean. We'll go in screen order again. What are your thoughts on the three different decisions? So um, I'm in a, a group chat with a Leeds fan and a Newcastle fan. And during the game, I was... I don't know how much they enjoyed it, but I was basically providing a live commentary on every refereeing decision happening. Yeah. And uh, with that first Barnes one, I was going absolutely ballistic. I've not seen it again since Friday night, but I did see a couple of replays at the time. And for me, you know, his legs caught between the defender's two legs. And I think if that's in the Premier League and there's VAR, I think it would get given. Maybe not because it's Ashley Barnes, but another player yeah. getting the leg caught like that, I think it would get given by VAR. Yeah. Uh, the Brownhill one for me is Stonewall. It's just, uh, I it's can't such understand a clear that. It's penalty. Not I don't know how the referee, this referee's come down from the Premier League and he's getting decisions like that wrong. And it's yeah. just, it speaks to the poor standard of refereeing in England. Um, and then the third one, Teller. Uh, at the time, I thought penalty. Looking at the replays, he probably has gone down too easy. He's probably looking for it. But the thing with the third one that I've not seen enough people talk about, for me, is he, he gets up straight away. And then another guy who was not involved in the situation, a West Brom player, comes steamrolling in, knocks him over. Yeah. But that's violent conduct. That's at least a yellow yeah. card. Yeah, it, it should have been a red. That's the point, yeah. yeah. We don't, we're not really spoke about that too much, have we? But um, yeah, that should have been a red. Uh, Sam, we'll go to you. Your thoughts on the three penalty incidents? Uh, first one, I I can see where you're coming from, but it's just Barnes, and it like he just lo- he just loves throwing different parts of his body at different places, and and for it's just his, it's his bread and butter. Like I'd I'd love to say that I think it was not, and I I do agree that in the Premier League there is more chance of it being a, a penalty, but for me it wasn't. Um, I mean Brownells, I mean. I'd, <laughs> Uh, that's it's a disgrace, isn't it? Come on, I mean the guy. He's just he's just stood there and he's just gone straight for the back of him. And I, I I do think part of the reason as to why it wasn't given was because he's come through the back of him two minutes before he just got a yellow card down off furlong. So yeah. if you give that penalty, that's his fifth foul already in the first half. You have to give a red card, and I think the referee maybe just thought. Okay, it. it might have been a penalty, but I, I, I can't give a red. I, I don't want to give a red card so quickly after the yellow card. I, I, personally, I think that would be the reason. The third one, I completely agree. I, I do think Teller went down with the intention of just thinking, oh bollocks, yeah, yeah, maybe I should get up. So he gets up, but if you don't, if you don't do the whole turning round, shoving your hands up in air and going, oh, it's a penalty, it's a penalty. To me, I don't understand where that reaction comes from. And Malumbi should have had a red card, and that should be a penalty because yeah. you can't just run over to somebody like JBL and give him a clothesline from hell. Like that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> like, like that—that that is literally just that. That that's mm-hmm. a red card and a penalty. And talking on Jared Gillett, I said I've said it so many times. Every single time he referees a game, he's a referee from the A League in Australia. Come over to help the Premier League with VAR. He does about 15 VAR games per season and he referees about five games and there's a reason he's shit. He misses every foul. <laughs> he gives terrible... He gives cards away for nothing. He picks a team that he likes based on, oh, I like the colour of the strip. And then he follows that team all game. We had nothing that first half. That From Brownell's penalty, the ball came back to Madison. He takes a touch, he gets fouled. And then they go up the other end and nearly score with DK. And I'm thinking that that, that whole phase of play, he got everything wrong. So, mm. yeah, fed up of him. Never want him to ref again. Yeah, fair enough. Um, I, I love it I love it when you're going to rant like that. Um, Neil, your thoughts on, on, on all the uh, individual ones, individual penalty appeals? I don't know. I can follow that, to be honest. Um, <laughs> Barnes is definite. I, I agree. It, I... I I've just said it. I think he's got a bit of a reputation now, so I think it's very difficult for Ashley Barnes to get a penalty. Um, yeah. Because he does always do that where he's down, gets on his knee, pulls a face, and then keeps ranting and raving. And I think it's going to be very difficult for him to get one unless it's Stonewall. Having said that, Brown knows was Stonewall and we still didn't get it. Yeah. Um, even though it should have been. And yeah, the, the dive was just... Yeah. I don't even think the ref spoke to their player. 
let alone saying, I don't even think he warned him or anything. I don't. I think he he watched him barge him over, and then I don't even think he's warned him. So no, I don't think he did. Yeah, but it's one of them where it was tough tough to go down. And yeah, he realised he, he looks a bit of a dick for doing it. Yeah, but, I, that, I think I think that's what I mean. I think that's why he um, he jumped yeah. straight up straight away. Like, a lot of people were defending him on Twitter, saying, "How's it a dive? He's jumped up straight away. He's not even appealed for it." I think that's why he's jumped up straight away. Uh, yeah. Still love Teller though. Um, obviously, he got oh, the yeah. goal as well. We'll we'll, we'll, we'll discuss goal. that in a second. I saw some people whinging, uh, mainly West Brom fans, but a few Burnley fans agreed about the free kick where obviously Twine scored from, saying it was oh. never a foul. Saying that there's no contact for me. There's co- when it's Cullen, isn't it? When Cullen brings his leg up to hit it, the West Brom player makes contact with him there and then Cullen goes down and hits the ground. I've seen it again on Sky and even the Sky commentator is saying, well, that's not a foul. He's just kicked the ground. Like, he's kicked the ground because you've touched him first. Um, Neil, I'll start with you. We'll go reverse order this way. Did you think that were a free kick that, that we scored from? Do you think the referee were right to uh, give that as, yeah. a, as a free kick? Yeah, definitely. Agree with you, yeah. 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 I agree. Yeah, no I don't question. understand how people are complaining about it. Andrew Blythe in the comments says defo contact. There was hundred percent contact there. And even a West Brom fan froze the incident on the bit where he's kicking the ground. I'm like, put it back three frames and it'll show the contact on it. It winds me up. The contact's so clear. The only, argument on Twitter. Thing <laughs> the only thing for me was is it a free kick or is it a penalty? Like there's definitely yeah. contact. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. And obviously, Sam, I, I presume you 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 agree that there's definitely contact there. It, you you were literally looking at my argument that the, the West Brom fan had taken a screenshot of just before he kicks the ball, Wallace even touches him and he goes, well, there's no contact. I, I literally, I moved it like a second more, screenshotted that and said, well, there's Wallace touching him. There's him kicking the floor. And because they've all seemed to get short-term memory loss, about five minutes before, Connor Townsend got a free kick at the edge of their box for the exact same thing. Yeah, one of our did. players. I remember that. I remember that. Yeah, I, I remember exactly that. The same. Yeah, and, and so so for me, it was a free kick. It was and the one piece of consistency yeah. that I did all night. It was. It was. And 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 for me, I just think like the majority of West Brom fans. I, I, do you know what? The majority of them were really classy online. Really yeah, classy. Some of them, you know, Coventry fans deserve to win. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. But like you know, saying they deserve to win. We weren't good enough all the way through the game. I think all you need to do, even if you're a neutral in this situation, is look at the stats and realise how much we deserve to win. I mean, we doubled their shots. They only had 30% possession. These are meant to be, what, nine wins on bounds? Like, they only had two shots on target. Like, I know we we only had, like, four, but, like, our dominance in the game comes from from passing movements and and everything. But, I mean, it was such such a weird... Weird thing to you know moan about the fact that like oh you know it should it, there was no contact it was someone someone said it in the chat that people are looking for excuses I genuinely think that's what it is because we get yeah. that that we parachute payment FC even though we're actually not when you look at the stats yeah they've got nothing that they can come at us with so they're just trying to clutch at the straw at yeah straws literally is, yeah last yeah, year in years before it was oh long ball FC exactly football parachute FC. Exactly. And no one works, so they're just trying to find anything to have a go at. I don't know if you saw it, but just 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 going with that theme, obviously when we signed the Swedish centre back Ekdal um after the game, I saw a Blackburn fan somehow tally up his work permit points and he, he didn't have enough work permit points to get a work permit. So Blackburn mm. fans are winning saying, How oh, they man is this? He's not got enough work permit points. So we're now work permit FC, government brave FC or whatever. It's, it's just madness. Al um, Nixon's response to that. No, what was it? Uh, but he said, Burnley know quite a lot about work permits from previous transfers and they've won the appeal. Oh, fair <laughs> like, apparently, like one point short of the work permit. Yeah. Which is nothing. And then we've had an appeal and it's gone through. If it is, if but, it is. Just going back to the Cullen incident, Stuart Rose says, Cullen's leg as he pulled back, play behind, stops momentum, so death or contact, forces Cullen's, uh, Cullen's foot into the floor. Spot on, absolutely spot on. And as Chris P, with all the excuses, says other fans are just jealous. But I do want to go back to um, a comment that Neil made, uh, I think it was you, Neil, uh, about uh, the West Brom fans being classy. It might have been Sam, actually. Um, yeah, I, I agree with that. I, I did see I did see quite a lot. Of work. There are a few few people whinging, but you're always going to get a, a few whinges in, in a fan base, aren't you? Uh, but I think in the main, West Brom fans took it quite well and accepted that we were the better side. Even one of the... Not really. I, I go on TikTok, but I'm not really into TikTok as much as some people. But there's, that, there's a lad called Tom, who's a big West Brom fan, who's big on Twitter. Even he, uh, TikTok, even he was saying, like, oh, Burnley are the better side. They're definitely going to win the league. Um, so that were good to see. Um, just 
obviously, we've just spoken about the penalty appeals. Obviously, the Teller one, we all agree, goes down too easily. Um, obviously, Teller gets the first goal. And I know the defender's nowhere near him at this stage, so he doesn't go down. But this is why I got frustrated with Teller, because when he's through on goal, you can put your house on him scoring. Like, the amount mm. of times he's gone through on goal this year and scored. Um, Sean, I'll start with you. Um, so, obviously, he's, he gets the goal, and it's a great finish. And again, like I said, you can put your house on him scoring. But that just shows like, why you're going down in the first place, if, if, if that's what you can do. But a, a fantastic finish, weren't it? Yeah, and that's why when he went down with this dive, in the moment, I was convinced it must have been a foul, because why would he yeah. not shoot? Because if, if he shoots, he's going to score. That's what he does. So that's why, at first, I was adamant, that's a penalty. He wouldn't go down otherwise. Yeah. And then you look back at it and go, yeah, okay, maybe that's gone down a bit easy. But he's, when he gets in behind like that, and he's done it a few times this season, the one that sticks out to me is uh, Coventry away. And that was yeah. an outrageous goal. We had no right to finish that from that angle. But he, when he gets in behind, he's one-on-one. He is so good. Yeah. And it, it blows my mind that Southampton went, yeah, we don't need that this season. Loan him out. Yeah. But you know, you know what's what's funny is Southampton fans. They always make the argument. Going to you, Sam. Southampton fans always made the argument that oh, he's good, he's pacey, but he's not a good finisher. Like, like I said, I would literally put this house on him scoring a goal if he's if he's through on goal one hundred percent every time. He is such a good finisher, and even even when he went through. And by the way, what a ball from Zorora! And mm. when he went through, he tried to take a touch and he fluffed it. And I said to the guy next to me, not my dad, the other guy, went, oh, what a shit touch! Fucking hell! And then he just smashed it in bottom corner. And I'm laughing with this guy next to me going, oh, what do I know? Um, but absolutely fantastic finish, weren't it? And the guy can finish, Southampton fans, if you're watching. But um, yeah, Sam, what were your thoughts on that? No, goal? he can't. He's awful. You don't want him back. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> the thing is, I, I, I said this two or three weeks ago. If you're Nathan Teller, why would you go back? You got told at the start of the season, after playing well through lockdown and getting a couple of games last season, you got told you're not good enough to play in the Premier League right now, you need to come down to the Championship. And there's no wonder he's smashing it. I I, I bring it up to you, don't I, all time, Joe? Like, that game that he played against Arsenal in lockdown, he absolutely tore him apart. You knew that there was a player in there. So for mm. them to send him down into the Championship and, and turn around and be like, oh, you're not good enough for Premier League, I think to him, in his head, he'll be thinking, Burnley have given me this opportunity. They could be getting into the Premier League. If Southampton come down and we go up, we offer 15 million quid. He's looking at no other team other than us. He loves playing for us. He absolutely loves it. And yeah, you can tell. When, when he went through on goal, I, I, never in doubt, is it? I mean, that first touch, I mean, I have to admit on telly, I saw him do first touch and I'm like, oh, no. And then <laughs> and then absolutely pings it bottom corner. It would be a brilliant finish. But um, I, I would say on, on Teller being in that position, I thought throughout the game, Loads of people were saying it was really harsh on Barnes, him getting brought off. I don't think, like, the reason why we only had, like, three shots in the first half is because in order to get Ashley Barnes a chance, everything, you have to get the ball to the byline and put the ball into yeah. the box. Sometimes, with the way we play, we can play through the middle. We can play a quick one-two into the box. We can we can drill across across the box. And what having Teller in that 10 position and bringing Rodriguez in. Rodriguez has better feet, so he can hold the ball up, take a touch, move left and right, play it left and right. And Teller has the ability to get in behind, spin off J-Rod and, and almost them to interchange between nine and 10 themselves. And that was the substitution for me that I think completely changed the game. Giving Having Teller's pace in behind, having Teller running at somebody, his feet aren't in unbelievable legs or areas are. So when he's running at somebody, it's not, it's not the same as him getting him in behind. He's frightening. Absolutely yeah. frightening, and that's that's why we scored. Yeah, I've, I have I have wrote something down here about Jay Neil, because um, obviously when, when, when he came on, we, we did seem a little bit better. But it, again, he's been quiet recently. Um, but then Barnsley played all right, I thought. But as Sam says, you've got to you've got to get it to the byline and, and basically put it on a plate for him. Um, obviously, or, or get a good ball in for a good cross where he can just bully a goalkeeper into the net. Um, but uh, for me, I, I still feel with Jay being a little bit poor recently, I would still have the front three of Benson, Zorori and Teller in the middle. I, I, I think that would work fantastically. Um, but Neil, what would you do? Obviously, we've got Jay, we've got Bash. Um, there's an option of Teller there. We'll talk about Foster probably after this and after a man of the match vote. Um, but what would you do there with, with, with that with that front four? And obviously, Brown will just be behind them all as well. So that's sort of like Benson, Teller, 
Zorora and Brownell. That's what I'd do uh, with Jay being a little bit quieter at the minute um, because that, that pace in that front four there is, is frightening. Um, but what would you do, Neil? No, I would do the same. And I think that I think they're interchangeable as well. So I think you could have, I think Zorora would could equally be as effective in the middle uh, yeah. if you swapped them with Teller and things like that. So I, that's what I would do. Jay and Barnes, I, I think, I think we all know it's Barnes. It's probably Barnes's last season. Jay, yeah. he just looks absolutely knackered, and he was the same last season as well. He got to this stage, and he just looks like he's he's done. So whether his legs are going now or not, I don't know. Just yeah. shame, but um, don't forget yeah. Twine as Beck says. Yeah, I forgot Twine. Apologies. Twine, know, yeah. But... <laughs> um, yeah, Twine as well. And then obviously we'll see how this um, this new new lad beds in and fits in. Yeah, well, uh, he does look good, but we'll get on to that in a minute. Um, pretty much straight away, actually, because first of all, I do want to see who everybody will vote man of the match. So if you're watching in the comments, get your man of the match votes in now. I'll read some out when after me and the lads have all talked about ours. Um, I've, I, I'm going to go with Teller. I thought the lad were fantastic. Um, he helps us so much with his pace. Like it, The reason why we ended up getting um, in behind Coventry and, uh, and getting in the game against Coventry was because of Teller's pace, because obviously he brought him on. Yeah, Gubbinson had already come on, and Gubbinson did very well. I know I've said this on, on on other shows quite a bit already, but I'll just say it again for those who weren't watching them or listening. Um, he was... Uh, he brought We brought Gubbinson on like a player who can get on the ball. This is against Coventry. And then we brought Teller on, and then he's, he's the guy that's so fast and bombs it. And then Coventry sit back a little bit. Um, and then that helps us get in the middle, uh, get, get on the ball in the middle. Uh, but for me, it's got to be Nathan Teller. Uh, the votes are coming in. Um, seen some uh, good ones, actually. So before I do chat about Foster, I do want to chat about another player uh, after a couple of people have mentioned. Um, but we'll go in screen order. Sean, who's your man of the match? Um, possibly a controversial one, but especially after the goal. But I'd say Arrow, I thought his feet are so good. And he played two yeah. absolutely outrageous outside-of-the-foot passes after just completely mugging off their guys. Yeah, and... yeah, fair enough. He's the guy I want to talk about in a minute, actually, now you mentioned that. Um, thank you to, um, who said it? Joe Tillemans and Andrew Blythe, who did who did point that out. But um, yeah, Zorori as well is getting a few decent shouts. And all Sam, you said you were pretty, um, um, sort of like saying how good Zorori were. Uh, who's your man of the match, Sam? Mine would be Zorori, I have to admit. Like, you know, I, I think you could have given it to anybody kind of across the front four, really. Um, yeah. I, to be fair, even even when Benson came on, like Benson wasn't brilliant when he came on. Obviously, I know he got crocs about two seconds into coming on, but classic. You could just, but you could just tell that they just looked like they absolutely shit themselves when he came on. It was like, oh fucking hell, not him. Like, yeah. do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. and then, but for me, Zareri, I thought that the pass to Teller was insane. I thought even when we were in our poorer spell, I still think. Zaru was the one making things happen. He got the ball to Barnes over top. Yeah. You know, he got the cross across the box for Barnes in bar like. And then in the second half, I mean that that bit in corner. I I, I have tweeted about that so much. When we had ball in <laughs> corner for five minutes, I'm not even joking. You're right. I've seen us running after people for 20 minutes trying to get ball back in Premier League. There, we're taking piss there. Right? Come yeah. on, that's yeah, absolutely that taking piss. It was hilarious. Me and my dad, we were both like, free kick had just gone in. You know, everyone would ticky tacker in eight corner, and me and my dad literally simultaneously looked at each other, just burst out laughing. It were hilarious, but no, for me, Zareri, I thought I thought it were brilliant once again. Yeah, fair enough. Neil, your man of the match. Um, yeah, it's Teller or Zareri. Um, I'll probably go for Teller because he scored. Um, but yeah, you could put an argument for 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 either. But that bit that you were just talking about there, where we were just keeping the ball, just oh, it was just brilliant. Little flicks, we'd never have done that last year. Never, no, not in a million years. Um, we'd have done that last year. Um, the votes are coming in quite heavily. Um, Joe Tillerman says Murich, Andrew Blythe says Murich, um, Kurt Leeming says Cullen, uh, Paul Holt says Teller, uh, Alan says Zorore, Chris says Zorore, Simon Ed says Zorore, uh, OG LOC uh, also says Zorore, um. Radio stuff, Cullen, uh, Harry talks about Murich. Uh, Chris P says even Bastian was decent in that game. Yeah, he played well. Uh, Stuart Rose says Murich. Um, but yeah, I do want to chat about Murich because I, I think I think we've gone full circle with Murich now. I think even the, there's a there's a little lad bit. I say little lad, I think he's about 12. He still whinges like mad about Murich. So I think there is people um, that still 
don't see what he brings. But um, their manager, Carlos Corbran, afterwards, he said it's so, it's so difficult to press Burnley because all they do will get it back to, to Murich, who then plays a blinding pass and then they're in behind again, like they've broken the line. So Murich offers us so much. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm glad to see a lot of people in the comments actually say Murich because he got so much stick early in the season. Some of it was relatively justified. He did some silly things like coming out against Wigan and giving a penalty away sillily. Um, is sillily even a word? I don't think it is. Um, but um, the fact that he's now getting compliments of other managers as well. Neil, I'll start with you. Just shows how how well he's doing, especially with his feet. Yeah, no, he's a great keeper. I've 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 rated him all season. I think the people's problem with him at the start is that he's very different to what we had previously. Yeah. Um, but for me, he's different in a positive way because because of his distribution and the fact that he can play a good pass, it's, it allows us to play the style of football that we are playing. Um, but yeah, I've I've rated him all season. He's he's, he's pulled off some world class saves. He's yeah, started some players off. He's, he's great. Yeah, and as Chris P says, Sam, we need to stop comparing Pope and Muric. That's basically what Neil, you started off with, isn't it? They're very yeah, different yeah. types of goalkeepers and that couldn't yeah. be any further from... Uh, sorry, that couldn't be more spot on. Um, yes, Nick Pope yesterday, don't get me wrong, and he was class for us and, he, and he's being class for Newcastle. Made a fantastic save yesterday against Palace. Yeah, but there's right. no way we'll be able to play the way that we do now with Nick Pope. So, Sam, your thoughts on Muric and how, how well he started doing? Yeah, I mean, you know, I... I... I, I never gave him any criticism at the start of the season, but I, I what I will say is, you know, a, a lot of, you know, if if you're if you're a, a you know a football fan with an encyclopedic knowledge like myself, like uh, <laughs> you, you you know um, you know yeah, obviously it took me on me on trumpet there a little bit, but um, like you know um, you remember his days at Nottingham Forest when he was a 19 year old goalkeeper yeah. and he wasn't very good, and then. Even even my knowledge, I don't know where he went for two or three seasons after that. And in that time, he must have developed into a different goalkeeper. So when we did sign him, I did say because a lot of my friends, you know, from 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 Leeds, were all like, "Oh, he's crap, he's rubbish." And I remember saying, "Like, he'll, he'll come in, he'll do a job. It might take him a bit of time to adjust back because he's been playing in uh, in like the Eredivisie for the last couple of seasons." But Give him time and it'll work. And obviously, you know, first couple of games, couple of jitters. Obviously, the penalty against Wigan, which was just ludicrous at the time, and uh, the Blackpool game where you could argue it was him or Cullen and and stuff like that. But you know, I think the thing that he brings to the team is it's a it's a range of passing. It's not just like it isn't a case of like his distribution is just good and he can get as high up the pitch. It's he can yeah. play a long ball over the top to Teller. He can play a chip ball out to Matson, or if you want to take piss a bit more, he can outside at foot it to Connor Roberts up wing. Do you know what I mean? And it's stuff like that. He can do everything, and and I think. But he knows the, he knows which is the right one to play as well, yeah, doesn't he? Exactly. He doesn't just do it. He knows which is the right yeah, pass yeah. to play and who to pick out and stuff like and, that. And and over time, that that has that has happened. Like the more confident he gets, the less you were like we talked about it, Joe. Like towards the Blackpool game, like. The jitters around the around the fans, like it goes onto the pitch and players feel it. So if every yeah, time he, the ball's going near him and everyone's going, oh, like it, it's a different era, a different generation of Burnley. It's younger. It's 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 younger players, players playing a style of play that the club hasn't seen for ten years. We, we are adapting, and it takes time for people to get that as well as players. And I think now we're at a point where. It's clicked and it's clicked and some. Like yeah, we're we're it. firing on all cylinders from back to front. Whoever comes off at bench, manager, fans, everything. The club feels so together and it's amazing. I I absolutely love love being a Burma fan at the minute. It's great. Yeah, yeah. Um, Sean, I know you mentioned uh, the outside of the foot passes, um, but uh, a comment here from Alan says if Murich could command his area, he would be a top goalkeeper. Now. I think I think the first one. I think some people said, "Oh, it should have come." I, I looked at that and didn't see that myself. But he did come and get the one later on, didn't he? That was giving mm. us a foul. I thought he did well there. He's not as good at commanding his area as Nick Port, but as we as we've said earlier, you, you can't really compare the two. The two completely different goalkeepers. But I do think he's getting better at commanding his area. Yeah. So for me, um, in terms of comparisons, you know, it, it's fairly natural for us to want to compare him to Pope or to Heaton. Because they were fantastic goalkeepers. Yeah. But when you look at Murch, the only, and this is going to sound like a slightly ludicrous claim to anyone listening who's not a Burnley fan, but the only keepers you can compare him to are Edison and Allison. And I'm not saying he's that good, 
but it's because of what he gives apart from the shot stopping, the distribution and the different kinds of passes he can play. Yeah. As you say, like we couldn't do this with Nick Pope. We couldn't do what we did under Deitch so successfully with Murek. It's a different system. Completely um, different. And, you know, obviously we're in a position now where Corky's suspended, Rusty's gone. We'll miss you. Um, if, if Bastion or Cullen get injured, get Arrow into centre mid because he can do the job. <laughs> honestly, honestly, he'll, he'll do a better job than what Dale Stevens could do. He's a better Absolutely. passer of the ball than Dale Stevens. 100%. 100%. Uh, one thing I always like to do, especially now, is bring in the league table. Now, look at that. I'll, I'll, I'll zoom in a little bit, actually, um, for those watching on the live stream. Uh, but we are currently, obviously, I'm zooming in too much, uh, currently, obviously, top of the league uh, on 62 points. We have a five-point gap to Sheffield United in second on 57 points. And Middlesbrough have just gone 1-0 down against Sunderland. Mm. So that has helped us. That has helped us. Um, so oh, what's that, maths? 18 points gap to third? Is that is that right? I'm, I were never good at maths. But we're, we're on 62. They're on 44. So I'm pretty sure it's currently 18. That might change if, if Middlesbrough come from behind in their local derby game against Sunderland. But as it stands right now, we are 18 points clear of third. The worst it can be at this stage of the season, if Middlesbrough come back and win, is be 17 points. How good does that look? Again, I'll go in screen order. Sean, how good does that look? I spent most of yesterday looking at the league table. It's just mesmerising. It's so good. And I was looking at, you know, below us and what's going on. And obviously, we've got this huge gap. Uh, The gap between us and third is bigger than the gap between third and relegation, I think. Is it? I believe so. And, you know, teams down to 15th could still get in the playoffs. They're still in the fight. So you've got more than half of the division fighting for the playoffs. And then you've got us and Sheffield United just riding off into the Premier League sunset. And I don't like to talk early, but I'll say it, we're going up. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly how we're going to start my conversation with Neil. Neil, we're going up, aren't we? We are. Um, yeah, we are. I mean, the goal, it's the goal. Look at the goal score as well. It's unbelievable, oh, isn't it? It's just ridiculous, um, isn't it? We are. It's essentially a, a league of two that's split in two, isn't it? There's other Sheffield United and then there's the rest of them. Um, yeah. um, and like you just said there, the gap for anyone from sort of pretty much relegation to to third can can reach the playoffs and then there's Sheffield United and us who are just miles ahead. But yeah, we are going up. Um, as much as I've loved it in the Championship, I sort of wish, I think, well, I think we'll do around the Premier League, but I sort of wish we could win the league and stay in it. Yeah, um, I, I get that, yeah. Bob. Um I don't want VAR. I don't want all that diva behaviour in the Premier League. But um, we need to get back up, don't we? So, looks like yeah. we are doing yeah, 100% looks like we are doing. Uh, Andrew Blythe says, so many points clear and the amount we drop late on in games, it's crazy. Yeah, early in the season, of course, but obviously now now I think we've won 17 points from losing positions, which is probably the most in the league. Um, it's uh, We're just fantastic. And I'll stop putting comments up for a little bit because they do go over Sam's face. But Sam, um, I think the only, the only thing we need to wrap up now is obviously the championship title, isn't it? I mean, I do think we'll probably go on to win it. Um but it's it's one of them. Like I'm not overly arsed if we do. I, w- I would like to win it, obviously. But I I do think we would win it. Sheffield United, they apparently didn't play great against Hull uh, on Friday night as well. I've I've not seen it. I'm just going off what I've seen of, of, on Twitter from Sheffield United and Hull fans. Um, so that's why I'm basing that on on we will probably go and um, and win the league. And I think they dropped points at QPR, didn't they? Uh, scored a very late goal <laughs> to get a win. Um, was they looking like at the minute? You know, they keep dropping points here and there. Was we're just steamrolling through everybody that we play. So that's why I think we will win the league. Sam, what are you thinking? Do you think we'll win the league? Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I do. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you know, the second half of the season is always much harder. Uh, like I said last week, teams that at the start of the year didn't have a good enough manager, teams weren't playing well enough, like Norwich's and teams like that, you know, they, uh, they've they now got a bit of stability back, same as like a team of West Brom. But in saying that, you know, a team gets stability, a team does you can do anything and we still just can't be stopped because we... And, my main thing for for the Premier League, if if we are to get there, like I say, I don't want to like totally, you know, oh, we're going straight there. But um, the the main thing is, 
have a budget, spend the budget well, bring in young, exciting players, but don't do it like Southampton have done it. Don't go to City and spend 15 million quid on players that have never played senior football before. Go out and buy us three or four really good players. I, I personally think the team that we could go up with only needs, you know, let's say some French league centre midfielder, another centre-half, if we can get all the players that we have on loan permanent, like Matson and Teller, and then bring in either, you know, a Premier League quality striker, because like we say, like this Lyle, Lyle Foster, he could come in and be unbelievable, but he's still an unknown entity in a way. Yeah. Um, you know, he might he might be championship, he might, have, he might absolutely tear <laughs> the championship apart, but in the Premier League, he might not be up there. So I think we could do with another striker, but I think wingers-wise were set and all stuff like that, and you know, the best thing that you could do is go and have a look at fourth on that table. Oh, my God. They they, they said they were pissing league at one point. Bloody <laughs> hell. Their form's awful. They've, they've conceded yeah. more goals than they've scored all season. They've got players like Bradley Dack, who's shit. Like, honestly, watching them fall out of the playoffs will be hilarious. And the yeah. fact that the, the league table is only really third to 24th who are really all, you know, the championship's the best league in the world. Us top two were just like, nah, it's fun, in it? <laughs> yeah, piece of piss. Uh, speaking of them, go on, Neil. I was just going to say, I don't see any reason why, just to talk about the signings there, why if we go up, we can't keep all the long signings we've got because what are they getting at the parent clubs that they can't get with us if we go up? They're playing regularly, yeah. they're enjoying the football. The only one I worry about is Harwood Bellis. I yeah, think City yeah. think of him very highly. Yeah. Um, I think so we could get him on loan again. Yeah, uh, yeah, I think yeah we potentially. Yeah, year. we mentioned that yeah. last week, didn't we, Sam? Like, if yeah, we go yeah. up, it's the next level that we could probably loan him again for another season at the mm. very least. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think. Plus, yeah. I also think like of the players that we brought in on loan. For me, he like as good as all the other ones are doing. He is the best one. He's mm. he's he's the one that we, we've said this so many times, haven't we? Though? I don't know how many times we're going to say it, but he's the one with with, in my opinion, no ceiling. He he could be in England captain. He could win yeah, Champions Leagues, Premier Leagues. Like, I, mean, yeah. I, I think he will be he will be the one that at the end of it has the best career. And there's, and, al- there's always the chance that City because I don't think he's City ready, but I think there's a chance they might let us have him with a buyback. Yeah, yeah, potentially. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Potentially. Or, or like Sean says, maybe maybe another loan because if we get promoted we're at a higher level. Mm-hmm. But I, yeah. it reminds me a lot of Gary Cahill. I, I think he can go on to have a similar yeah, career, winning definitely. Champions Leagues and playing for England and captain in England, like like um, Sam says. Um, but speaking of incomings, and I know you mentioned Foster a couple of times there, lads. Of course, it's looking like Foster is imminent. Just getting a tweet on your screen now uh, from Andy Jones. Again, I will zoom in. Uh, so you can see it a little bit better, those of you watching on the live stream. He says, Burnley are closing in on completing a deal for Wessel or striker Lyle Foster. Deal is in advanced talks and the final stages ahead of a player travelling to England for a medical, etc. Burnley nearly have their number one target. So it looks like it's imminent. Um, I believe a medical was booked several days ago, but then um, Wessel ends up asking for more money. Um, but again, we're going screen order. It's one of them. It was the same as Benson, the same as Zorora. Um, I don't know much about him um, because you know, it, I, I see the Belgian league and stuff here and there or, or, or these leagues around Europe here and there uh, through work, but I don't watch it closely. Um, so I don't know too much about Lyle Foster. But in a typical football fan fashion, I've gone on TikTok, YouTube, searched his name, and he looks like a good finisher. Uh, he's pacey, he looks quite strong. I know it's a different league and a different level. Um, but Sean, your thoughts on the signing? And, and first of all, like honestly... Vincent Company could go to the National League, sign somebody from the National League, and I'd be like, it must be class because Vincent Company signing it. When, when I look at the people that we brought in and how good they are, mm. um, I have I have no worries that this guy's gonna gonna do very, very well in a Burnley shirt. But um, Sean, your thoughts on this imminent signing? Yeah, similar. I know next to nothing about him, but if he's good enough for company, he's good enough for me. Uh, and on the topic of a good finisher. Uh, similar to you, going on YouTube and t- seeing these videos, um, I saw a highlights reel for the new centre-back we've got, Ekdal. He's yeah. got a finish on him. Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah. I-, I was going to mention him after this, but we'll mention him now, because OG Loke did say, sorry Sam, it goes over your face, um, anyone watch this new Swedish bloke, any good? Um, and um, Paul Holt did go on to say, both CVs were signed, very highly rated, and especially Ekdal, he's highly rated as well. But again, he's another one I don't know too much about, but I've not watched anything on him, on him yet. Because with centre-backs, I don't tend to get as excited You know, when you sign a centre-back. Yeah. Just, even, even somebody who was a defender when I was growing up, I was still like, eh, 
So what am I going to see images of him heading the ball away? You know, stuff like that. It's not really one that's going to get me out of my seat. But if you know more about him, Sean, then feel free to let us know. I, well, don't, I don't know too much about him as well. So he, he was a striker in youth football and then moved backwards. Okay, um, yeah. And he's still got that kind of striker's instinct in the box from what I can see. You know, it is headers, but it's also finishes. And in this highlights field, there's a, a couple of goal line clearances, a couple of good tackles. But a lot of it is intercepting the ball and then running the length of the pitch. I was watching, I was yeah. like, it's like watching Maradona or something. He's just going back. Yeah, well, that's interesting, isn't it? Because that's what THB and Bayer do, both do quite well, don't they? Especially yeah. THB. He, he gets the ball and runs <clears> out into midfield very, very well. Yeah, this guy, he's running past midfield. He's running up into the box and squaring it. Or finishing it himself. Um, it's a bit ridiculous. It's like watching someone play, uh, be a pro on FIFA. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just getting yeah. it and setting off. Yeah. Uh, so I'm, um, I wasn't excited about it at the time. And I saw this video last night and now I'm quite excited about it. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I, I am as well. I am as well. Like I said, I don't much about him, but I, I am quite excited by it. I, I feel like something that we are missing, like a pace, like proper good finisher. Like Jay and Barnes, they have they have the strengths and stuff. Mm. Um, as we are talking about earlier, Jay can link up pretty well with pretty much anybody. He's got good feet. But one thing Jay has always liked, even his younger years, is pace. Um, mm. But to, as somebody who will be able to keep up with the likes of Zoraria Benson and Teller, of course, uh, will be fantastic. Sam, your thoughts on 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 the imminent signing of Lyle Foster. Hopefully it's announced tomorrow with some crazy, I don't know, random video. Um, and of course, Swedish centre-back Ekdal. Um, I think it's just testament to recruitment again. It's yeah. dipping into leagues that people maybe don't look into as much and company using his knowledge of players that he's played against because people forget he, he played a full season at Anderlecht before he just became the head coach. Um, so he, he knows what it's like to play against some of these players. So, you know, I, I, like I said, Lyle Foster is an unknown entity. And I, do, and I do agree with people's arguments. This is the one thing I will say. I do agree with people's arguments of we didn't know about Benson and Zareri, but we did pay 10 million quid for Benson and Zareri. Like, yeah, that's true. my only difference. Like, 10 million quid, I, I feel like you, you're two-thirds of the way to Girikesh's, um price tag, and you know what Girikesh gives you at this level. But obviously... If company wants him, I'm 100% behind him. He does look like a good player. I have looked at his videos online. He's got pace. He's, he can hold the ball up. He's good in behind. He's good through the channel. So it'll be good. I, uh, I agree. The the Swedish centre-half, Ekdal, um, I, I tell you what, it, it's funny because he's the one that put it on his own Twitter page of all the goals that he scored. Uh, it was like really? his goodbye. And like yeah. he's scoring all these mad headers and stuff. And, and he does look like a good player. But the player that people aren't as excited to see, who I'm really excited to see, is um, as uh, Aldakil, is that it? He, mm, yeah. He's so highly rated by nearly every single person that I've spoken to, you know, Belgian Burnley fans, you know, fans of, of um, when it's St. Truden he came from, something like mm, that. Yeah. Um, a lot of their fans had gutted that he's left. He's a Belgian under-21s international. He looks a good player. He, he He's the player that carries the ball out of defence and he's got a great range of passing and he's very calm on the ball. So he he's the other player that I'm I'm really looking forward to. And then obviously Alan Nixon the other day said that Burnley is still in the market for two strikers. So Oberfemi, we had three million quid agreed for him. I can still see that still happening. Like he he could still probably come in, especially if you know Barnes is linked to a move away on loan. But even if we do keep Barnes, like like you said, Neil, Barnes it's his last season, he'll be going anyway. So you'll need to fill that spot. And I think what the club's thinking is if we can fill that spot early, we don't have to go and shove loads of money in for a main target man next season because you'll have Pope Femi, Rodriguez, Lyle Foster, and then somebody else like who's like your main striker. So I, I think recruitment's brilliant and we're going up. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Neil, your thoughts then on, on, on the imminent signing of Foster and and, Ekda. and and it's one of them like it's it's difficult to talk about signings and players when you don't know too much about them. Obafemi, well, we'll be able to sit here and chat about him for 15 minutes because we've all seen him play. Um, but when it's somebody coming in who's a little bit unknown, like, like we've said, it's, it's difficult to talk about him. However, when you look at the players that we've signed and how well they've done, then it's I'm pretty convinced it's going to be a good yeah. signing. Yeah, we've got absolutely... There's nothing that uh, Vincent... There's no one Vincent signed that gives us any doubt, is there? It's, um, he knows yeah. better than us and he's given us no reason to. And I know it's, I know it's 10 million, it's a lot of money, but it's a striker you always pay a premium for it and it's January where you always pay a premium as well. Um, and if we've got the money, then bend it with Parachute FC, aren't we? Yeah. Um, <laughs> am I yeah. right in thinking it's seven mil that goes up to 10? 
if that, that's, that's the latest arsehole. Seven mil up front, three million bonuses, probably mm. if and when we go up or a certain amount of Premier League appearances or whatever. Um, but Harry says, according to Alan Nixon, Swansea keep upping their price tag of Orbe Femi. That's kind of what Westerlaw did, didn't they? But we just bought him anyway, um, because mm. of course we are parachute payments FC and we are buying the league, um, which yeah. is always interesting. Um, it's difficult as well. Uh, I know we talk about this a lot, um, but Sam, uh, Sam, you were going, and then somebody else as well. Could that somebody else be Veghorse, as Andrew Blythe says? Uh, no. See, listen, like, look, I... Um, this is why uh, I asked Sam, because I know yeah, Sam's a big fan. <laughs> if, if, listen, like, if... Have you seen him today, though? Have you seen his yeah, with, morning with about the six today, honestly, man? The, the thing is, never like, I, I, I have to admit, that's the side that worries me, is, is the attitude side. But yeah, you can indeed. also, like, in a way, like, you could also you know, partially flip that and say that, he has high standards, not just for himself, but for the people around him. And I have, I have to admit, and, and, and we talked about it last week, Joe, like it's it's not a case of, I, I think, just Weghorst has a, has, has a bad attitude and he's a terrible footballer and we don't need him back. It's this current system and how we are as a team and the professionalism that company has and, and where we are in the league and where we look like we're going as a club Vegas does fit all of that. He he fits it tenfold. The reason why he didn't work in the last system was because even though we took the piss and said, oh, Conor Roberts stayed with us, it was really funny when he said, and then Vegas was like, you don't put the ball in the box. It's true. We never got fucking ball to him. Like the guy literally had the ball at the halfway line every game and never really got his chance in front of goal. And the the two times that he did get a chance, I mean, he was a shedder against West Ham, but that finish against Brighton, was how he scored half his half his goals in the Bundesliga. He mm. he was never a towering striker that gets off at floor and goes from six foot seven to seven foot three by how much he jumps. He doesn't he doesn't jump like he he's not jump. really known for winning winning headers. Mm. I I do think in this current system, I do think he'd be good. But I also do agree that there is a level of has it gone a little bit too far. I think I has think it's it gone all gone far. a bit too far. Yeah. And I, and I, I do think agree it's... with that. I think it's gone too far, and the fact that he's obviously a massive dickhead as well—it doesn't help. Um, Neil, you—you um, you mentioned something then. I've not—I've not seen anything. Like you said he's been whinging today about something. Yeah, he said the standard of training at Besiktas was uh, unacceptable and not his—not his, not his oh. level. But it's like, oh wait, man, you've gone now. What's the point of bringing it up? And and when he leaves United, he'll say the same about them because he'll think he's another. Yeah. To see to me, yeah. I think he's got the ego of Messi, but the talent of like Crouch. Crouch got hundred goals in Premier League, though. I know he did, but he's not Messi, is he? But I, no, I think Vegas got the ego of Messi, and and is probably the ability of Crouch. And that's not a dig at Crouch because I love Crouch, but I think that's probably what it is. Yeah. And um, I just I don't know. I think he probably does fit this system, but it's his attitude and the disruption that will cause to the team that, yeah, that yeah. I don't want get, him back for. Get somebody who wants to be here. Get somebody exactly. who's buzzing to play under exactly. Vincent Company. Buzz, like, look at Ekdal and stuff since he's come in. He's like, oh, Vincent Company, you know, I love him. Lau Fossil said, everyone's come in and said, oh, Burnley are building something really good. I want to play for this team. I, I want to I, I want to play for Vincent Company. I've just seen a comment of Danny Martin and that's what we'll end it on because we've gone over an hour. I said 45 minutes. <laughs> um, I just think we'll sign somebody new. Uh, and Sam, actually, you need to go to work, don't you? Can I yeah, I am that. due to go. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I'll wrap one more question and, and then I'll wrap it up. Promise. Um, um, yeah, just bring someone in who's new, loving laugh, wants to be at Burnley, that sort of vibe. Um, but that's the wrong comment. I nearly pressed the wrong thing. Um, Danny Martin says, would oh, anyone take McNeil no. back? I would not what take him back. Cock. No. He wouldn't no. get in the team. He would not get in the team right now. We'll go in no. screen order. I've already heard Neil's, so we'll start with Sean. Uh, I was gutted when he left, but... Benson, Zeroy, Teller, all better than him, all cheaper than yeah. him. I, I could leave him, yeah. Yeah. The camera's done that weird thing again, but I'm wrapping up anyway. Hopefully you can all hear me. Uh, Sam, what would you do? He's shit. Like, seriously. <laughs> like, he's so bad. Like, the, the, listen, I, I've, we've said it so many times, right? The reason why McNeil looked so good in our system was because we had nobody with pace and nobody with an ounce of creativity in an, in an ageing squad with a lack of investment from an owner that wanted to sell. That's where we were at. Now, you look at him in a Premier League team and he's not even the best winger at Everton who are also shite. Damari Gray outplays him week in, week out. Alex Iwobi outplays him week in, week out. And he can go to teams lower down in the in the league. And Jack Harrison's better for Leeds. That Jaden Anthony's better for Bournemouth. 
He's honestly, he's one-footed, one-dimensional rubbish. 20 million quid, honestly. I'd text him was left bollock for that, like, honestly. Yeah, we had their pants <laughs> down. And Neil, you immediately said no, so... Yeah, well, you, you, you probably seen my that. tweet last night because you put something out about him. And I, I just think, I think at the time we were looking... I'll read my tweet, essentially. We were looking through claret tinted glasses. He, was, he stood out in a shit team. Um, he's predictable, like you just said. He's one-footed. Um, and I genuinely don't think he's got the work rate to fit in this team because no. he slouches around. He doesn't really run around. He's, I think we had their pants down. And um, we've had a few teams pants down, I think, because uh, Chris Wood's not exactly set Newcastle well, on fire. Collins doesn't so. seem to be doing very well at Wolves either. Nah. This is his comfort zone now. With, with McNeil, <laughs> yeah. I think there's a, a really good player in there, but we haven't seen it since his breakthrough season. And I don't yeah. know if we ever will see it. His first again. 18 months, he were decent. After yeah. that, everyone's like, oh, Dash coached it out of him. Well, what's the excuse now? Because Lampard is shit under Lampard as well. Lampard <laughs> couldn't coach a fucking bus, though. So Lampard mm. is a dreadful gaffer. Um, Sam, right. I know you need to go to work. So I'll start wrapping it up now. Um, thank you, everybody, for coming on the show. Thank you to Sean, Sam, and Neil. Oh, Neil, you're not Neil, sorry. Sam, you're the only one with a Burnley page. I'll let you plug it now so people can go and watch it. Uh, yeah, it's the Clarence Roundup page on Twitter. <laughs> Don't worry about it. No, uh, Clarence Roundup page on Twitter. Uh, just come over and talk Burnley. I, I do it every week. And as you say, I say it every week, we'll but I'm going to say it again. I just love we'll to chat. chat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so Sean, thanks for coming on, mate. It's a good to have Thank you me. back. It's been a while. Same with you, Neil. Good to have you back. It's been a while. Sam's becoming a regular as well. But thank you to everyone. We've had loads of comments. We're pushing... We've just gone over 150 comments. We've had a lot. It's always been floating up around the 70 mark, 70 live viewers mark. So thank you to everybody for watching. If you joined late and you want to watch the show from the start, as soon as I end this live, it turns into a normal YouTube video after a bit of processing, I think. And then you can watch it again. Or, as Harry says there, let's have a chat. Um, <laughs> or, if you prefer the podcast version, I will stick it up on, on podcast pretty much straight out. I forgot to do it last week until the day after. Um, but I will do it pretty much straight out. I am starving, so I might go and have some dinner first and then I'll come back. Uh, but thank you, everybody, for watching. Thank you, everybody, for coming on the show, obviously. Thank you, everybody, for commenting. And just before we go, just before we go, I will end it on this. But thank you, everybody, for watching and we'll see you next time. Here we go. Well Podcast Network. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates have already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Ornament delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.